0: Welcome to Ireland Artcast, uncovering the creative industry with me, Olivia Savage, as your host. Here, we talk about all things arts, and each week I'll be joined by inspiring Max creatives to discuss creative careers, as well as burning topics in the art world today to keep that creative mind of yours in action. All right, hi everyone, and welcome to all our listeners. Uh, today on the show, I'm welcomed by three musicians, not quite all Max, but all whose musical careers um, started or occurred on the Isle of Man. We've got Ben Donaldson from the Voodoo Bandits. Uh, got Dan Webb from Sunset Jet. Hi. And we've got Lily Walters from Penelope Isles, based in Brighton.
1: It's actually Walter without the S, but oh, he- sorry. Uh, I
0: don't know <laughs> and I not I know Walters. I think honestly, I just- it's really only
1: in the Isle of Man where people like say Walters. It's so weird. Like no, no one has a problem over here
0: on the. In the real world. I'm telling everyone, and I swear it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. it. Uh, And we're here to talk about the best way to fail in music. From finding an original sound to dealing with negative feedback and even rejection, these guys have been through it all and have joined me today to give an insight into their own journeys to success and shed some light on what to be aware of when you're making your stamp in the music industry. Trying to make it as anything freelance is a bit of a mind game in the creative industry. You need to be aware of the places to be, the people to talk to, and most importantly, you need to be constantly sort of aware of what's happening and developing in your field. Uh, people like Dan, Ben, and Lily make it look easy, but what I think often gets forgotten in this world is that it can take people anywhere between a few months to a few years to start creating something for yourself and begin that career with your own branding you know following your own original music um you know when i was at uni and for the people listening probably know that i i studied fine art not music at uni but we would get people coming in and talking to us who were freelance and they'd give this speech where they would basically make it sound like yeah i just did a b c d steps and now here i am and i'm full-time and i live in london or america and i i'm earning a full-time wage with all my commissions and all my deals and stuff. And it just doesn't work like that in reality. So with my guests today, we're going to look into the power of networking and how much you should or shouldn't be giving away about what you're up to in the music industry, tips and tricks to finding your image and what this means in terms of sound and branding and all that kind of things, um, separating personal from professional, Uh, and generally just looking at these sort of hurdles that that you can face or that you should at least be aware of when trying to make your stamp in the music industry. Okay, so again, welcome to you all. Uh, Thank you guys so much for taking time to chat to me today. Um, So let's start with the basics. Uh, Lily, the the reason I was really keen to get you on today uh, is because I remember when you used to be uh in a band on the island and you were in panic anyone who remembers that band um and now you know you went to uni you studied music and now you're in a band in brighton with your brother isn't that right in penelope yeah, yeah. um so what is it that you love about making music what got you into the whole thing um well i started
1: playing classical music when i was seven i started playing um, I started playing the saxophone and, and then I got into jazz through that. And then um, I started playing the harp. So my main things were saxophone and harp. And I was really, really, really lucky and privileged to have lessons every week for those things. And eventually joined like Manx Youth Orchestra. And that was kind of like my jam for a bit, to be honest. Um, and then my brother got me an iPod shuffle when I was about 14, 15 and just chucked, like, a load of, I don't know, like, great rock bands on from, like, Radiohead to, like, Paramore to Busted to, you know, like, the thrills, like, loads of random stuff. Um, and then I just started, like, change. it's sort of changing for me and I didn't... I thought going to orchestra was lame, which I totally regret doing now so regret so regret like leaving that life but um yeah and then I just started getting into to music that way and writing some writing some tunes and I feel like I've strayed from the question and I can't remember what the question was
0: (laughs) (laughs) was just what you love about it but I suppose it sends you off on a tangent doesn't it because it's never one one thing you listen to one song one day and then that's it (laughs) yeah the variety then I guess like the variety of it all
1: and um there's just something for everything and everyone Mm -hmm. so
0: and so with that in mind like obviously for all of you guys um in working in your bands like generally I mean not with everyone but you're going to have a lot more of an interest in music as a whole than a lot of your fans and following and stuff like you you've probably got a lot of people that are super interested in music but then you'll equally have people like me who just like I just like listening to it and I don't have um that sort of investment that you guys have and so listening to all this different stuff that you guys do um I mean like Dan for you do do you ever like listen to something say like because your band's quite indie but do you ever hear like heavy metal and then you're like oh I like I've got such a good idea for a song for this like I really want to go and do it but you're like I've got you know you create a sound for yourself and you don't want to like confuse your followers like do you ever get that and how would you like approach that?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, joining joining the band, I've always been into like prog rock, like a bit of jazz, a bit of blues. Mm-hmm. Um, one day, I drunkenly agreed with our um, agreed to join the, um, a band with Marcus, our old guitarist, um, in a pub. Basically, I, I started playing guitar and offered to play drums for him uh, for some reason. So, um, yeah, basically, joined this band, and he wants to do like jangly indie sort of stuff. And I wasn't like a massive fan of it to begin with, but the, the more time I've spent with it, the more I've I've come to enjoy it. And I think I'm I'm trying to insert a few um, more like proggy, bluesy sort of styles into into our songs. So Brad, our singer, is he's very much an indie boy through and through. Uh, Johnny, our bass player, is a bit of a pop punk um, thrasher skate boy um, at heart, even though he's about six foot six. So I think skateboarding would be quite dangerous for him. <laughs> um, in, in terms of the fans, I think they're pretty open-minded. As long as what you're doing comes from a place of honesty, uh, and you, you're trying to do something and commit to it, and, and try and carry it out the best you can, then I, th- I think they're fairly open-minded.
0: So you think in your case, like if if you're like, okay, we're going to try a completely different album today, that that it's you know it's okay to take that risk sometime if someone was sort of wanting to change things up.
2: Oh, within reason. I think if we released a rap album, a lot of people might get quite upset. Um, <laughs> same for, like, a, a, a classical music album. But I think most of, like, the really top-level bands, can they can flip between genres or, like, blend them and merge them.
0: Yeah, true. Ben, do you ever get the same thing, like, when you guys wanted to just completely change it up? Do you just sort of go with uh, it or...? All the
3: frickin' time, man. <laughs> I just, like listen it could just be like a song i hear and i'm like "Fuck, that's really good and i love the idea and i like thinking maybe that could inspire me but it's usually sort of within our genre to some degree it might kind of be a little bit different but it can be quite a difficult thing to map out when uh, you started off like we started off more indie pop and we're slowly becoming more garage especially with our like unreleased stuff and we do wonder how that will affect people and is it kind of like starting again but i think overall it does kind of remain cohesive enough with what is there for us to probably get away with it and uh yeah. it's, it's tough going to think about like that because oh I, I care about my music releases but um <laughs> you, you want to try get it right especially when you're like just doing it by yourself and stuff and it costs money but um yeah. overall i i definitely do get influenced by other new sounds and try to incorporate them into what we do.
0: Yeah. So so do you think it takes like quite a lot of confidence then if you're gonna change things up? Cause I, I know with like my art, for example, like I'll in the same way, like I'll see something and I'll be like, that's so different from what I do, but I want to make it. And I'm just like, oh and like sometimes you you're hesitant like, is it going to be good? Are people going to like it? Like do you feel like you've got to sort of assert this kind of confidence with pushing yourself out there? Big time.
3: I, I think um, it can be a big struggle to have that confidence in yourself anyway as an artist. It can be a bit of a struggle. I think especially when you want to try go down like a newer route or upgrade yourself, it's always a bit scary. But I think if, if you're going with your gut and you're really feeling it, then you should just do it.
0: Just go with it. Words to yeah. live by. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. So with that in mind, like trying to get your stuff out there. Um, I really wanted to talk about the the whole nature of networking and, like, when I was planning this episode and I thought of that word as a topic, I mean, I've got, like, I, I could have a whole episode on what it means to, to network from, like, other musicians to um, pubs and bars and stuff where you're going to find people to potentially book you or to agencies and people who are going to sign you. Like, I wanted to... Ask like Lily you've you've been in different cities and stuff with the Isle of Man and Brighton and all that kind of thing and what does networking mean to you and have have you ever be have you ever had an experience where you've like pushed yourself to network and then it's benefited your your band in some way
1: yeah I mean uh, sorry by the way if the fire alarm goes off it's not I'm not burning it's like I'm having my fire alarms tested right now so (laughs) um (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, networking is, like, I, I went to BIM, so there's a whole, like, thing that is, like, a massive part of of the course. And um, I always, like, found it really boring and I just couldn't be bothered to do it. And I didn't go to any of the networking events because I just thought I'm just here to, like, make music, to be honest. And in hindsight, obviously, that was, you know, you got, like, people that... um were went to every everyone one and they went to London they went to special networking events and stuff and they've got lot they've got amazing little black book of contacts and I, and I don't have that but at the end of the day I think like if you are working hard and concentrating on making music that you want to be making I feel like there's always time to do that and that's sort of how that's how we did it really and yeah I think there was. When we got signed to Belly Union, like, there was definitely... It's a funny story, actually. Like, um, I... Uh, basically, we played... We were on tour, and then our final sh- our final show of the tour was at, like, a home gig in Brighton. So we, um, we played at this venue called The Latest Music Bar, and it was a really intense gig. We'd all just had, like, a really horrible argument, and um, it was a really... Um, it was a really emotional, like, show for us, but um, it was actually a really good one. Like, some some reason, it just sort of, like, made... It, it just... It added to us. It. it can go either way, and it, and it worked. Anyway, so we played the show, and it was all a very emotional day, and basically Simon Raymond, who runs Bell Union, um, he's, like, a bit of a legend. He used to be in the Cocteau Twins, so, like, it's... he He's, like he's a bit of a big boy and he came to our show cause he'd heard about our band and he, and he was, in, he wanted to watch us play. And basically um, we finished playing and then he comes up to, comes up to the stage, like last show, of the set comes up to the stage, it's really small venue, comes up to the stage and looks at me and he like puts his hand out and he goes, Simon Raymond, Bell Union, Cocktail Twins. I was, um I was wondering if we could have a little chat. And I basically in my, like, distance in my in my eyes line I could see super hands like at our merch <laughs> table super hands from peep show at our merch table and I was just like oh my god I love peep show and I was just like excuse me super hands is at my pe- at my merch table I've got to go and I totally just like just like missed his handshake and it was like I can't actually believe I did that so rude but like we always joke about it now but did he actually found hands?
2: Huh did you meet Hands?
1: Yeah, he bought forty quids worth of merch.
2: wow <laughs> it
1: was great um and like we always luckily he he's got a great sense of humor, Simon, so like we often um we often like tell him that story in a jokey way. It could have definitely gone the other way, and he could have been um he could have been like, well, fuck these guys, you know like but he 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 found that somehow endearing so networking definitely isn't my um my forte but um i definitely i think i've made it up to him since then and we've had uh we've had lots of like lovely little moments between them and i think he was just i was just bloody like 19 and excited that superhands was at my table and luckily that worked for him uh, no that's good <laughs> you know what i mean and so
2: you- getting getting signed um, so, i'm sorry no no you go uh, yeah, Lily. When you're with uh, with Bella Union, do you have to network as part of being signed? Like, are you ever like forced to go to meetups and stuff? Um,
1: just... I don't think. Do you know what? It's like it's such an exciting thing, and we're so lucky, and we we feel so lucky and um, like uh, privileged to be in this position and with Bella that we're ne- It's never. Nothing's ever forced. So if we are told like okay, um, we're going for dinner today with, you know, uh, Mark Geiger from William Morris, who's, like, you know, he's one of the biggest bookers in America. Like, that, for me, is nowhere near, like, me being forced. I am genuinely just, like, oh, my God, this is, like, the coolest thing ever. And, like, that goes down from, like, anyone from him who's probably one of the, like, you know biggest coolest guys I've gotten to have dinner with from like anyone that like works in like the Bella shop like like you know there's some great like teenage kids that work there who are like really cool that you get to chat sit and chat to like so I think because I'm really lucky enough to be working with Bella who are like this amazing alternative independent label like everyone's really sound and like there's not i haven't really come across many um sort of uh, uh major major label wankers yet you know or like people that are trying to like do you over um and i feel like if i were to meet someone like that i would probably uh, recognize it quite quickly i reckon
0: Oh nice. So how do you in those situations then, like if you've got someone who's just being a complete dick and you're and they, they might even say something about your music and stuff, and because obviously, like the the place where all this came from for you guys starting your music careers is because you have that emotional like attachment towards it, like it's super personal to you and you formed your bands yourself. And how do you then separate that? Because especially as you start to really book gigs and stuff like you're really moving from this is something that I do outside of work to okay this is like I've got to be super professional now like Ben do you ever get a time when like you've got to separate that like do you find that ever difficult um yeah it's it can be quite
3: difficult to separate that because it's kind of important and you put loads of effort into it to be honest but um I think generally speaking stay pretty focused on it and it's all kind of part of the same thing Same goes with uh, networking like for us it's like um we had a. it was kind of independently we do stuff and organically sort of some people would come to us that have um, although nothing majors obviously happened uh, we've had a lot of people that we've built up who really help us out now because mm-hmm. we'll say like release a song and then um somebody will hear it somewhere and then i mean the most recent thing that happened is a a band in london who assigned uh shared our song and we were just like whoa what the hell and then um the guy who like mixes their stuff got in touch with us and he's like mixed like quite a few big names like block party and alfie templeman and stuff and i was like what the hell okay we'll give that a crack and uh now he sort of like unofficially officially helps us out and tries to get us to ears and and if story-wise, we're in the middle of stories and nothing might happen, because you know how it's music. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, it's it is really tough to separate what you wanna, how you're feeling, um, plus what you're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, because well, because you can get those times. I mean, you can't expect everyone to be into your your style of music, and you might get some people come along and they're just like,
3: obviously, mm. just this, like negative feedback kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get that? Or, like, how would you even deal with that? Would you just be like, okay. <laughs> okay.
3: For- fortunately, we haven't had, like, many, like, you know, nasty comments on stuff. We're-, we're really lucky. We get mostly nice things from people. But, like, I'm sure people say stuff behind their backs and that. And we have, um, we've done, like, the toilet pub circuit. So, Dan, you know all about it, man. You know, playing for three hours, like, every weekend. I like. Really
2: what twice- know. Like they don't want yeah. to hear your own stuff it's just yeah it's
3: and crazy. people can be rude or you do a private event i had an argument with some lady at like um some there was a bunch of lawyers and they wanted us to play sweet child of mine and i almost <laughs> had a bit of an argument with this woman <laughs> it was uh kicking off at me like you need to play to us i, said, I don't freaking
2: know the song <laughs> our um for yeah. one gig brad was playing he basically some some woman came up to him and said, "Ah, oh, can you can you play some Oasis, please?" And he was like, "No, nah, sorry, I don't know any." I was like, "Oh, you must know, do 'Don't Look Back in Anger.'" And Brad was like, "No, no, no." And then they
3: always say, here, oh, I'll I'll sing it," and you're like, "No, you won't." Uh.
2: In, in this particular incident was even worse because she was like, "How could you?" After everything that's happened in Manchester. <gasps>
1: I- <laughs> I- sorry! Yeah, um, I shouldn't
2: be laughing, but come on! I was just pulling that out, but um, kind of um, going off the, the back of the negative feedback. We went through a stage of like submitting our songs to like um, blogs, and mm-hmm. they were like, often quite edgy, and we just got absolutely ripped apart. And oh, yes. to be fair, it was it was quite early, like Submit Hub. I don't know if any of you guys have used it. Big time Dan. Like, the feedback would be really like contradictory. Some people would say like the guitars were too loud. Others would say the guitars weren't loud enough. Some would say like the singing's crap. Some would say like the singing, but the drumming's awful. Um, It sounds
1: like you was, don't need that blog in your life. Yeah.
2: I, unfortunately, there's several blogs, but, um, yeah, bring the funniest- too many negative with...
0: vibes, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> you bring in, they're bringing too many negative vibes. Yeah.
2: No, but th- this was like when we just started out. So I think that was, getting over the fact that a lot of people thought we were we were crap um helped us kind of like plow on i actually think that's really
3: really interesting what you're saying because like i remember back when we were voodoo bandits before voodoo bandits so like we had a different layout and shit and we all that music doesn't even like exist anymore but um when we were doing exactly what dan was saying like if you are a new artist holy crap like SubmitHub is so deflating, and it's like one of the main sources of things you think you need to do. You like have to submit to all these blogs, you want something to talk about, you want to get featured on playlists and like YouTube compilations, and unfortunately on SubmitHub, like, if you want to get heard, you have to get premium credits, and that involves them having to give you feedback, and yet they do say some things, and it is so deflating, some of it, it is really valid. <laughs>
0: You gotta take it as constructive criticism, isn't that what they say? I'd be honest though; some of it has helped. Like I remember somebody
3: commented on like uh, song structures. So, I think back in the days to write songs with like forty parts in them, it was it was a bit over the top. And I know a few blogs said that, and it actually made me stop doing that. So that was kind of good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> first. I mean, this—it's all so much work, isn't it? Like to try, particularly when you're in those sort of first stages, you've got to work. I suppose harder than than maybe once you've got a bit more of a a following for yourselves and dan i know that you work full-time as well as um as well as being in sunset jet like how is that kind of added pressure like you're you're doing your day job the stuff that's allowing you to pay your rent and then you're like finishing up on friday and going straight to a gig you might have one on saturday as well like do you find that like do you ever just feel drained and like um how do you deal with that sort of balance
2: I think it can be quite knackering. I'm I'm quite lucky in that I live with the other two guys in the band. So okay. I get home most nights and we just straight into it, or we'll have like a writing session or try and do some recording um, at home on the weekends. I think to begin with, when we actually started getting offered gigs, we we'd take as many as we could and try and play as often as, as possible, just to kind of get yourself out there. Um, but after like playing two, three gigs a week for two months, I know Lily, that's probably nothing compared to what you're doing on tour but um oh. yeah it can really really drain you um, no
1: if you're you know if you've got a job if you if you're trying to juggle that and a job and you know like that is absolutely knackering like I completely understand that
2: well even so um yeah it 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 grinds you down after a while but you love it so much like. I think you maybe get to the end of two months, you're like, oh, fudge this. Why do I want to do this ever again? And then you have you have like one weekend off, and you're like, oh no, why am I why am I not playing a gig? Like, why am I not out there? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it, if you don't love it and you don't get like a buzz from it, it's it's not worth doing, and you just don't have the energy for it. But
3: those particular gigs are quite draining as well, because obviously, aside from doing our original gigs, which are great when we get to do it in Manchester, Glasgow, or the Villa or something, we also have to play in the pubs on the weekend for three hours and it's such a different mm-hmm. environment to be gigging in and i think that can get draining like i get so sick of playing those cover songs and like um sometimes you have like great gigs and everyone loves you and then sometimes nobody cares you record, who gives a crap like and uh i do find that really deflating <laughs> like i'm so it's sick
1: stupid of- deflating man but one of the hardest things is like for me is when people are talking like the you're playing like i find it really disrespectful and i've gotten into calling people out on it like i was i was actually got to a point where i was quite good at it and my brother would be we'd both be quite good at it and if there was one fucker at the back or a group of people who were just ruining it for everyone you have to sort of like sense the vibe you know if there's like everyone's kind of talking a bit you can't really say anything like yeah. you know i mean if if that's the vibe and everyone's happy and sort of whatever, then it's like you know, okay, that's it. But if there's one or two people who are ruining it for your shirt for for everyone else, I think like it's you've you've got a you've got to find a way of putting them in their place to make it better for everyone.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get you. I've got a really random thing to say to you. When you played in Gulliver's Manchester there. Did you perhaps see a message to Penelope R's written on the wall? Or did you miss it?
1: <laughs> oh my God. Um I
3: wrote I wrote a little a little thing because I saw you were playing the month after we did it.
1: <laughs> Gullivers. Is that like um just say yes <laughs> <It's okay. red. laughs>
3: just
1: say yes. <laughs> yeah, that was you <laughs> oh my god Um I do yeah. you know That's what I remember you played. <laughs> I remember year. I think I remember right if I if I'm thinking of the right place, I remember writing quite a lot on those walls, but I don't. Maybe I just sort of assumed that one of the rest of the band wrote it. No, I not I didn't think I've seen it. That's really annoying.
3: Next time, next time you'll have to play Where's Wally on the wall a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely will. What did you write? Did you okay. write a naughty message?
3: That's, um, I think I like hi. <laughs>
1: that's, that's,
3: oh. It wasn't. It wasn't too uh, thrilling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled next time um i don't know if you guys can see but we're about to time out so if we just jump off and come back in now and then we're not cutting anyone off See you later. okay all right see you in a sec straight back in so we're recording again um okay sorry everyone for people listening i don't pay for zoom so we've just clicked out and come back in so that i don't have to spend any money um The rebel without a cause. I know. I don't care. It's my job and I still won't pay for it. Um, (laughs) But that takes me to my next question, spending money. Um, When you're in sort of the early stages, Ben, I'll come to you first. Like, obviously, you've got to buy, like, equipment and all that kind of thing um, and the fundamental stuff. But then there's also stuff like your Instagram promoing and paying for all the little extras that you might need or, or... You're playing guitar and you think, oh, this would sound so much better if I had this pedal or this this and that. And like, is it possible to, would you say you can overspend when you're in the start process? Like, do you think there are things that people spend on that are just unnecessary kind of stuff?
3: Yeah, so that is a super wavy answer, to be honest, because you do get people that will just self-record their album it might even like be quite like it was sat like done on a phone or something and uh, they just put it out there and they get massive and then suddenly everyone wants a bit and then sometimes you get you know people that have put so so much freaking money into it and it doesn't seem to go anywhere and i think it, it really can vary because Obviously equipment can cost loads um especially like if you get addicted to buying pedals or something which like a lot of us probably have um especially your boyfriend um yeah.
0: that's why I thought of the question
3: <laughs> yeah I thought so um yeah. but there's so many things you can you can work with like PR companies or freelancers which can cost loads and you might get a few like articles blog features playlists and stuff and um back but then you never know because then you get put on like a say Spotify editorial and you don't know if it was because of that stuff or if it happened randomly or um, it it just varies so so much to be honest Um, you could pay £200 for a tapestry for your music artwork or you could take a picture of a freaking shoe and you know your song might still do really well I think it's down to you personally and your own journey you can overspend but you can also underspend you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) so do you think it's a case of like just seeing what it's like at the time like if someone was was super new and they're like oh I don't know if I should pay to like get my stuff recorded professionally or not do you think it entirely depends on the kind of yeah
3: yeah I think you should I think you should try and make it sound as good as possible because I think it just makes you sound better next to the pros, really. And I suppose if you want to be a pro, you want to sound like a pro too. And um, I think if you want to get the good features, like the big YouTube compilations or the Spotify editorials and stuff, generally speaking, you're going to need a high enough quality track on the production side of things. Um, but you can get really good production really cheap. Like nowadays, I just do it myself and. Um, it was my friend who's in a band in Manchester who did our mixing and now, now we've got that new fella who costs quite a bit um to be fair but it our unreleased stuff sounds such a leg up on what we have out now yeah. and it just sounds I feel like we finally found our sound man you know it was like <laughs> such a journey to get here but I feel like it's coming together with everything that's not out yet and uh all the new mixes and stuff it's all exciting but in in summary you can spend a lot on that stuff and it sounds great and you can spend barely anything and it sounds great it's whatever you've got to kind of like work it out for yourself and go on your own journey you can do it yourself
0: (laughs) so um you said about finding your sound uh lily like you've as you say like you've been in a couple different bands and stuff how do you know that moment when when it sort of clicks that you're like we've got it like this is us and is that a case of like what you want or everyone sort of coming together and seeing everyone's sort of interest in in your music and stuff
1: um I think to be honest I I I don't think there was really like a moment where we were like light bulb like that's Penelope Isles um but you know both Jack and I especially Jack have had like a series of bands before this band you know this is his like seventh band that he's put everything into and before joining the band like we already like knew we've made like we both made loads of music ourselves so it was kind of like we we knew what it was going to sound like when we were going to join join together but you know like a lot of my mates and you know some fans are like you know that, this sounds like Penelope Isles or that is so Penelope Isles or Penelope Isles have got such a sound, haven't they? But like, um, I, I guess like, I, I don't really see it like that. I just sort of see it as like mine. And it's just me, how me and Jack are together. And it's, and it's sort of what we, uh, what we sound like together, uh, as people. But, um, I, I was, I was going to say actually, like, I think when, especially as a sort of D I come from sort of like a very DIY, um uh sort of aspect and when you're a beginner making music and not I'm not a beginner to be honest like all the time like for me some of my absolute favorite things to listen to are just like friends that have just got a little interface and a little sm58 and just like use loads of like logic like I am all about Logic draw presets like that is me and just getting weird and and not and not spending any money like at all and just and 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 most most of the uh greatest like well I say greatest but like our favorite moments from our new record especially that isn't out at the moment like they've all come from just like fannying around on Logic and 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 just sort of getting weird and making things happen for yourself and that's just how we've we've always sort of done it and even now like I'm really lucky that I'm in a band with my brother who's a great producer like you know he's 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 made a few records now he's getting better and better and better and I'm so blessed to to be in that situation where I don't have to fork out a load of money for a producer but I do think that he would definitely not have gotten there without just like loving it and experimenting for himself on zero budget so um yeah I mean the amount of money some of my friends have like spent like getting a song mixed or mastered I'm just like fucking hell that is that is so much money like so much money it's crazy. and obviously you know if you haven't got any clue what you're doing like I don't know how to mix or master at all but it is crazy isn't it like how much money some, some people like don't even know what um how much things cost and they just throw like thousands into things and it's like you don't need to be spending that much money like you're 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 a small band with like you know you don't need to be putting your, all your money into this at the moment like why don't you put your money into like getting a van and like going on tour and like playing your music to people on and like you know stuff like that like rather than rather than putting like tens of thousands of pounds into like someone to to mix and master your track where you haven't even got like a platform to release it on yet you know but there's lots of ways of doing things that's just my opinion well,
3: that's i think it, the best it, way like... to do it organically nowadays anyway well all the time my experience is the best things that we've had and the best people like in the industry have come to us and wanted to work with us all just been organic with no any mm. spend mm. and, like of course logic is a beautiful thing and i'm little scarlet interface or something is just you can absolutely record all your stuff that way that's like that's how we do it and we spend no money on that recording aspect at all and then do spend on the mix basically
0: yeah well that's it isn't it like there's an answer I mean there's someone who's got an answer to everything now if you're willing to spend a bit of money and like you can get anyone coming to convince you that you should pay this much for whatever but it's I guess it's about what what you know as well, and what you know about what you guys can do, like yourselves. Um, so my final question to wrap things up for today, um, I want to ask each of you, and I'll, I'll start with you, Dan. If you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice now, early days, Dan, who's learning to play the drums, what would you uh, what would you tell yourself? Are you on mute? You're on mute, Dan.
2: I'm an idiot. Um, I'd probably, probably use a metronome. I think. Um, <laughs> okay. The we did, I basically was out of practice, and it just let the whole recording down. To be honest. Um, so yeah, practice and just just get out there. Don't don't be afraid to fail. Nice,
0: mm. Lily. What would you say?
1: Well, I sort of mentioned before, like um, I used to play like classical music and. I got at one point I got really good at the saxophone and when I moved to uni, I just, I just wanted to play like in, I just wanted to play like bass and keyboards and stuff like that. And I just completely like left both the sax and the harp and I massively regret it now. And obviously like, I can still sort of like work my way around it and I'm, you know, better, better than the average Joe, but um, I massively regret giving, giving those things up because I, I was worried about, you know, looking cool or whatever. I just, I wish that I stuck with the cello lessons when I was like seven years old because what I would what I would give what I would give to be to to be good at like the cello. That's something that we bloody spent some money on, like some string sections. And I just think if only if only I stuck to those cello cello lessons with Miss Warburton at Braddon School. I like- I would just be like so much happier in life. <laughs> yeah Ben?
3: um, I think I would have said to maybe step up earlier on because I mean in my band like I just sort of I've taught myself to play and sing and everything and like I still suck you know but I think it's it fits what I'm doing so that's okay but I think I would have um Told myself to maybe step up as a frontman years earlier on because I could be years more developed than I am now because I'm like we had like loads of frontmen and different versions of the band and stuff and I stepped up out of necessity because I was like I actually want to do this so I want someone who's committed so I suppose it had to be me and I was really bad for a solid year and a half at least <laughs> playing like you know singing and playing and stuff and now. It took so long to like find how I want to sing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm finally getting there. But it would have been nice to have gotten there three years ago or something. So my advice would have been like, yeah, step up, young lad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. What about you, Liv? Yeah. I'm not a musician. Maybe <laughs> what would you tell the under- guitar down? lessons that I was going to take in year seven. <laughs> 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 um. Now, well, from my point of view as an artist, like I always just say, enjoy the early days when you can make mistakes and no one knows about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't know if you guys have the yeah. same thing, but like I have like at the moment, I'm still quite early. I mean, I'm out of uni, but I'm quite early in trying to make sort of a more professional name for myself. And I'm just completely enjoying like make like fucking up and doing something that I'm like that didn't work out because I'm like, well, no one knows who I am yet. so um, yeah. I guess that's that's what I would say. Enjoy the enjoy the process and the quiet time of working stuff out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. the ride. Yeah, that's it. Yes. <laughs> um, before we go, I mean I always stress that this isn't uh like in an interview um kind of thing, but if you guys want to do any plugging now is the time. Wanna do a little shout out for your band?
2: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Check out this podcast.
0: Ah, oh, thank you. Right. I mean thanks been... to the Arts
2: Council for all the support as well.
0: Oh, thank the... you. Oh. oh, that's nice. I miss the Isle of Man Arts Council. Oh, I'm sure they miss you. I mean, I'm so new here. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I it's October. October. Well, I hope
1: one day we can come over and play a gig with all you guys and do something fun at the Villa Marina. That'll be fun, wouldn't it? Big
3: old shindig
1: really? is in uh, need
3: I think. What's that? A big old shindig is in uh, need. Yeah need.
1: absolutely well you guys have had it lightly compared to
0: us. Indeed. Yeah,
3: we're
0: pretty lucky here. <laughs> but you guys are easing now is it? Is it not nice to do you go and meet everyone outside from today is it?
1: Yeah, well, literally after this, like, it's really sunny and warm today in Brian. So I'm just I'm l li- i am just i am live like stones throw from the beach. I'm really lucky. So I'm just gonna go and meet my brother. And then I'm um I think I'm gonna have some quesadillas on the beach, which sounds which sounds nice, doesn't it? So I'm okay. gonna go do that. Um which I'm really happy about. I've been in Cornwall for like three months with my mum and dad and my brother. And I'm just I'm so ready for some friends in my life.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah, everyone that I know that's across is just like, what are friends? what are we yeah. friends, <laughs> <Our> friend. yeah, <laughs> exactly. A few words from us over at the Arts Council before I head off. Our COVID Resilience Funding is back for another round this lockdown. This funding will be made available on merit to anyone working or taking part in the creative industries, culture and arts communities on the Isle of Man to ensure that these organisations and individuals are assisted during this difficult time. Don't forget, as always, if you are a creative individual and or organisation and want to get the word out about what you're up to, you can sign up to the Artist Directory on the Arts Council website. That's IOMarts.com. And get yourself mentioned in our newsletter by contacting us via social media. Just search Isle of Man Arts Council on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or email us at IOMartscouncil at gov.im. Once again, a big thank you to Dan, Ben and Lily for joining me today. And of course, to all our listeners out there. See you next episode.